This is episode 61 of Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. Today, we're going to talk about moving trauma to triumph. There are some ways that we can help our family process trauma that's healthy and positive, and I can't wait to share with you some of those things. But first of all, Don't forget to subscribe right now or download so you don't miss any of the family-oriented content that we put out here. We have so many wonderful guests coming up and you are not going to want to miss a single episode. I'm so glad that you're here. I know that you have so many choices of things that you can do while you're doing your laundry or just out there jogging or popping on something while you drive and I believe that you're listening to this right here, right now for a reason. There's going to be a message for you, and I'm glad that you're here with us today. As we move forward, don't forget to check out the show notes because I always put the helpful links that I talk about down there and visit thefocusedmindset.com if you want to learn more. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset, the focused mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Hello, and thank you for joining me today on Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. Today, we're going to talk about trauma, loss, grief, how grief presents itself in the body. And then we're going to talk about some of the top challenges that our kids are facing, what they have told me as I've gone out and surveyed hundreds upon hundreds of kids. I'm going to share with you some of my feelings regarding that, some of the things that I've discovered about the way that we're processing our grief and some of the trauma that we've been through. And then I'm going to talk about some of the practical steps that you might take and the questions that you might ask to help your family have a strong base to be able to help not only your mental health, but the mental health of your kids and to be aware when there's something that you need to pay attention to. So that's a lot to talk about. So let's get into it here. Um, I went out with my husband the other day. Actually, it was just yesterday. And we went to a restaurant with some friends. And as we were on our way there, my husband said, have you noticed that people are behaving erratically lately, like unpredictable? It's like you don't really know how people are going to react where before you could kind of predict people are more angry, people are more cranky, people are doing things that can be scary and quick to argue, quick to fight. I said, yeah, I've noticed that same thing. And it makes other people that are beginning to just get out in the world and want to do something have to kind of feel like they need to watch their back or watch what they say. There's a different climate. And part of that has to do with the fact that our world in general has um, been through something that no one has ever been through before, and it's produced a whole bunch of unprocessed trauma. 
I really feel as though we need to give credit to that because that is okay for people to be still processing. Did you know that when someone is grieving the loss of a loved one, there's, um, there's, you know, lots of different counseling and camps and services. Many of those services will say, I can't even start the service until at least three to six months after that loved one had, has passed. And why is that? That's because we as humans go through a shock. We go through a certain level of just kind of going through the motions before our body is ready to process trauma, before our body is ready to process grief and loss. And so as we move into a brand new season and our world moves slowly into the normal that we will now face after COVID, it's important that we also face that people will then begin to process their grieving. That is when they will be processing their grief and loss and working it out in their mind. Many times our body will signal us when we're ready to talk about it. And it's when we begin to have a dream or we begin to uh, have it pop up in our mind. And you might be tempted when that happens to push it down. Say, oh, we don't want to talk about that. That was tough. Or even not saying that, you give someone the uh, feeling like you just want to rush through a conversation. We don't want to talk about that. I believe it is so important for us not to brush this stuff under the rug because unprocessed grief, oh gosh, it's just, it's harmful. You know, I mean, we know that, we say that, but in action, do we really practice it? Do we practice an open environment where our kids can feel comfortable talking and we can feel comfortable talking about a memory that pops up about the last year and a half or about COVID or what we're noticing in ourselves and others. I know that as we were walking to that restaurant, it was uh, actually a kind of a comforting time for the two of us to discuss what we're seeing out there and to be able to be aware of it and say, yeah, we've noticed that. We've noticed that sometimes things feel a little bit different. That doesn't mean that we're not stepping out and excited about going to a restaurant that very evening, but we took that moment to acknowledge that there are some different types of things that we're noticing. There's a different kind of feeling in the air. And it's also worthy to note that there is another side to that as well, where some people are going out of their way to show kindness and love and compassion. And counselors are going out of their way in my field and therapists are going out of their way as well as the people that are doing coaching to say, we're here for you. The people that, that's what they do for a living is help people. They're like, oh, I want to be here for people. But it's not just the professionals. All of us need to be joined together in a different level of understanding. Each of us had our own individual experiences. We're not going to compare that, contrast that, say, oh, you don't know what I've been through. No, we don't know what any other individual has gone through just because we all went through COVID. But we can agree that 100% of us can now say that we've experienced some form of trauma and some form of grief and loss. Recently, I heard Oprah Winfrey say that grief is the loss of anything that matters. And that is so true. That includes the loss of not being able to have life as we know it, the loss of a job, the loss of a friend, 
the loss of the ability to conduct ourselves as we normally have and having to completely change it, all of these losses need to be processed within us. And there's so many people that are dealing with the loss of a loved one who has passed on and they haven't even began to process it. And it's not only those that have died of COVID, just any loss in the last year has been different because many times they couldn't have funerals, they couldn't have gatherings, they couldn't grieve in the way that they normally would. I know that was the case for my grandfather. I couldn't travel to go to his funeral at all. And and the feeling of kind of like it's, it's an incomplete feeling that lingers when you still haven't processed a grieving within you. Well, in the conclusion of that conversation with my husband, it was clear that we just need to be compassionate. And it made me really begin to think about Mental Health Awareness Month being May, but how often I've heard about mental health in general all around, not because it's May, just because people know that it's important. They know that in the next season, people are going to begin processing so much of the loss that they did feel in the last 18 months. You and I can be a huge part in helping people process that in a positive way. It's been said that pain that is not transformed gets transmitted. What does that mean? That means pain that is not transformed, meaning processed, meaning resolved, meaning worked through within our mind, ends up coming out in all kinds of different types of ways. Sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it, but it's eating us up on the inside. It's all inside of there. And then it comes out by us snapping at people or us getting angry about even an unrelated issue or something triggers us and reminds us of a loss that we have not uh, completely processed and we fall into a deep sadness and don't even know exactly why. This is unprocessed, unresolved feelings that we have within us that then get transmitted out. So it's important for us to own that within ourselves if that happens. We can own that. We can now say, you know what, now that I've been aware I can own it in such a way where I say, yes, that's exactly what happened. I had a memory and I just had a moment and now I'm going to choose to own that in a different type of way. So we can't always control that happening, but we can be a little bit more aware through saying, I want to take care of my mental health. I don't want to just go through a very traumatic time or watch my child go through that traumatic time and then just brush it under the carpet and uh, just pretend like it never existed. And then when something crazy happens, be like, why are they acting like that? Jeesh. Rather than that, how about we share in compassion for one another? How about we show love and caring and be willing to ask, where is that coming from? What memory just popped up for you? What was triggering you right there? That is a form of strength, not weakness. Now, at the beginning of this month, I talked to you guys about the fact that May was Mental Health Awareness Month, and I remembered how I kind of went on a tangent on my Instagram back in May of 2019, talking about the importance of us breaking away from the negative stigma that seems to be lingering around mental health, uh, lingering around counseling or someone stepping up and taking care 
of any of their mental health issues that have popped up. And I want to be a part of breaking that stigma. And I shared with you that it was days after that that my mom got in a terrible car accident and I was having to be 100% present in that place. And it didn't change that there was the fire within me to continue to press on towards helping people be vulnerable and helping people be validated when they've gone through something to be able to come out the other end. I'm not talking about becoming a victim in it all, but saying being aware and saying, yes, that happened. Yes, I can own it. And yes, I can take steps forward. Shortly after that, COVID hit and we watched how uh, the world completely changed. And now here we are in 2021. And in May of 2021, we've had a renewed energy towards helping people be strong with their mental strength. It's it's not that our brain is a muscle, right? But we need to work on it just like we would when we're working out, just like when we take care of our health. We're taking care of our mind. We're taking care of our body's health. It all is in conjunction with one another. And the more that we've found out the mind and body connection, the more we've known how important it is to be aware of where we're at right now and be aware of how we can take care of ourselves. At the beginning of this month, I reached out to Josh Godinez. Now, Josh Cadenas is the currently the president of the California Association of School Counselors, as well as a counselor in the school district that I work for. So I reached out to him and said, man, we've got to get together and you got to be on my podcast. And he agreed. So uh, around July, you're going to see that podcast episode because that's the month of the National Schools Conference in Las Vegas. And I get the pleasure of being a speaker there. So it will be a perfect time for us to chat. Because he actually was a big reason why uh, we have here in California the Mental Health Awareness Month initiative where we put it out on such a large scale. And so I know that you're going to enjoy that. But see, that was one step I was taking forward saying, I want to be able to connect with the people that have done the hard work to make this important in our world. But the truth is, is that you and I are the ones that really do the hard work in our families. Because connecting with somebody is the number one way that we can find healing. Connection. Feeling connected, feeling like someone cares, feeling like someone validates where you're at, how you feel is something that you can do each and every day. You can be there for your kids in a brand new way starting the very next minute that you see them. My daughter came up to me the other day and she just sat down and we were talking and I said, you know, I remember how tough this was for you and all of the loss that you faced when COVID hit, I said, do you remember how you were all ready for church camp? We were all packed. We had already gone to the store. We had everything in the suitcase. And then we found out it was canceled. Tell me about how that was for you. And in that moment, she just began to share. And she told me I was looking forward to it so much. And she shared with me the friends that she had that honestly, she no longer talks to at all because the doors of the churches were shut and she hasn't been able to reconnect with those people. And she talked about how much she was looking forward to going to camp and then how it felt when everything ended. And she just felt like it might be for a little while and then it continued. 
And then she continued to talk to me about her sixth grade year and how she had made the best friends she had ever had. And that also was such a huge loss. Man, I was so glad that I was able to just sit in that moment with her and listen to her story because that is helping her process. We talked about how unresolved uh, these things can be and if we don't process them, we know what can happen. We know that anger, substance abuse, all kinds of different things can happen in our lives because of unresolved grief and loss. And just allowing my daughter to sit there and process it and talk it out. So healing. Just something that was so important for her to do in that very moment. She needs to know that I am a safe place to talk to about that. She needs to know that I don't expect her to push all those feelings aside. That when she's feeling down or feeling frustrated, that it's okay to say, well, things are different now when she feels that. When she knows that I've been there to talk to her about some of her maybe still unresolved emotions, I hope that it will help her process things much healthier moving forward. I believe it will. I know that as a counselor, I've been able to already talk to so many kids in my school. As a coach, I've been able to talk to families. And as I listen to them, it's almost like I've talked about, I can visibly see their body relax as they talk about it. I talked to a friend of mine all the way out in the UK, um, someone that spoke on our podcast and will again in the future, Eric Wagner. And Eric has an autistic son. He talked to me about how a whole bunch of behaviors popped up in his son and came to the surface that they had resolved, that they had dealt with, that they had already gone through and their son had come so far. And all of a sudden, as we were coming out of COVID, out to the other side, that is when his son is now displaying a whole bunch of behaviors that uh, just are, are challenging, extremely challenging. It's all related to this unprocessed feelings and emotions that are wrapped up with this uh, this whole thing that we've been through even more so for kids that are autistic because those autistic kids are um, already kind of having some issues with how they are dealing with the social interaction and then on top of it they're figuring out how this all came to be i applaud parents like eric that are standing up in the gap for their kids and doing everything they can, realizing that this is a very abnormal situation. I want you to look at your kid through a compassionate set of eyes moving into this next year. Please don't make the mistake of just assuming that they're going to snap back into things and not have some kind of uh, at some point, some kind of feelings that they're going to need to process rather than that Give them permission to process it. Find your own little way to do that, to help them deal with that pain that they might not even realize that they went through. Dr. Bruce Perry from the Childhood Trauma Academy said this, The general population holds a lot of stigma around the people who struggle with mental health issues. And the irony is, that any one person is only one family member away from somebody who is suffering from depression, anxiety, substance abuse, or trauma. 
And like we talked about before, that stigma allows people to feel embarrassed when their child is going through something like anxiety or depression, but they wouldn't be embarrassed if their child was dealing with cancer and had to have some treatment. That shows us that we have a long way to go in our society to be able to accept the fact that we need to put an emphasis on our mental health. When someone goes to counseling, when someone seeks out a coach because they want to do better, that is because they are seeking towards being their best self and they know that their mental strength needs to be taken care of and taken seriously. Yes, I feel very passionate about being a part of changing that stigma. But I know that it first comes by us opening up communication. I went into many, many classrooms and talked to lots of kids. And I did a little survey to ask what their top struggles were. At the beginning, when I would ask them what their struggles were, they no one wanted to talk about it. It was quiet. They were just staring at me. No one wanted to go first. No one wants to talk about that. But you know what I told them? I said, you guys are the experts. You guys are about the best experts I can find in how to deal with change. You guys have been through so much change that I want to hear from the experts on this matter. And slowly but surely, one child would raise their hand and then another. The families that I was sitting in front of, one family might say one struggle and then another one would kind of piggyback off that. And before you know it, I started developing a list of all the many struggles that people have faced, just listing them out, just saying them out loud, getting them out into the universe. And after I surveyed all of these people, I found that they fell into three basic categories. The first one was fear of the unknown. The second one was the loss of motivation or just not feeling like they wanted to go on. And the third one was missing the people that they couldn't see. Time and time again, those three came up, especially with the children. It was so interesting to be able to watch these kids uh, kind of identify with another child and look around and say, oh my goodness, they've been through that challenge before too. They felt that before too. I am not alone in this. And they most certainly were not alone. I believe that all of our children have these three things that they were dealing with in one way or another in the last year and a half. So let's own that. You know, I suggest that in order to help our families process what we've been through, that we open up conversations exactly like this. Say, hey, what were some of the top struggles that you remember going through? What's something that you feel like you really lost now, if you ask and it's not the right time and they've clammed up, don't give up. Regroup again another time when maybe it's more appropriate and your child is more in an open place and ask that question again. Give lots of opportunities. And when your child answers that question, say, what else? Be so curious about hearing their entire story, about everything that they felt. At first, they might tell you just a little bit of what they want to tell you, a little bit about what they struggled with. But then if they see that you are genuinely interested, that you aren't being judgmental, but actually genuinely interested, they then are going to tell you more 
about what they struggled with. The more that they do that and they share their story, the more that they're processing that in such a healthy way. We want to be able to listen to people's stories. I know for our family, on Memorial Day, we would go camping and we would sit around the campfire and tell stories. My plan when I go to our family gatherings and our family gets together is to take a time to say, tell me a story about what you went through in the last 18 months ever since COVID hit. Tell me one story and just listen. And I know even the youngest of children will have a little bit of a story to share and that will be their way of processing. Can you do that with your family? Can you find an appropriate time to let your family share about what they've been through in a positive way? I think we can. And I do believe that it will be a step towards healing, a step towards saying we're taking the health of our mind seriously. We want to process what we've been through and not push it aside. Feeling connected is a key component to us processing trauma. That's scientifically proven through the years is that a person that can feel connected to a family, to a teacher, to a mentor, they will process their trauma if they've been through it quicker than someone who feels alone. Although when someone stays quiet, they might be with a huge group of very supportive people, but if they're not given permission to talk about it, they feel just as alone as if they were all by themselves. So what kind of questions can you ask your children? You can say, what happened to you? What happened to you is a great way to open up a question because people can think about what happened to them rather than uh, not in a victim mentality, but just what is it that actually happened? What is your story? Maybe you need to ask, I want to hear your side of it because you may have shared a story from your point of view, but your child has their point of view through their eyes. You want to hear their side of the story. Or maybe you just ask, hey, why don't you tell me more about the time when fill in the blank. Just don't pretend like things never happened. I keep repeating that because it I see it happen all the time. I run into children that have lost their their uh, their father, their mother, their sister, their brother, and I ask them, "What do you do to talk about it? Do you ever talk about it in the house?" And time and time again, they say, "No, we never talk about it, unless it's their birthday or we're visiting the grave. We never talk about it." It's because it's painful, you guys. It's painful to talk about things that are dealing with grief and loss. But stand up and be the leader in your home, parents. Stand up and show that it is okay to talk about the things that are eating you up inside. You are empowering your family when you do just that. Our job as a parent is not just to do the easy things, okay? It's not our job just to stick around in the shallow water. Sometimes we need to go deep and we need to be brave enough to do that, bold enough to do that. It's our responsibility and our duty to stop this cycle of having a negative stigma around mental health. We need to be able to empower people to be their full selves. And if they're going through something awkward, unfortunate, troublesome, uh, different, all of these things that they are able to voice it. 
And then when you're listening to that story, don't forget to validate them. Validate what they've been through so they know that, no, they're not any different than anybody else. When they're sharing, you can say something like, that must have been hard to go through. That was really real. That was a true struggle. When you say things like that, they're like, yeah, okay. As a matter of fact, it was. And it helps them process. If somebody says that they're depressed and you say, oh, well, well, that's going to move on. All you got to do is, no. Say that must be a real struggle for you. That will give them the opportunity to say more for one. And it doesn't make them feel like, oh, they don't really get me. They don't get what I'm going through at all. They just want to share more from their point of view. Validate. Take a minute to validate their story and validate their space in the world. I hope that this empowers you guys to be able to walk forward with boldness into the next season. We are so excited about the summer starting and many of us are just elated that we're going to be able to go on any type of vacation or even just be able to go places without as many restrictions. There are positive things happening in our world. So I am certainly not saying that we should look for problems. I'm just saying let's open our eyes to the fact that as we walk forward, there's still going to be a lot of processing going on and let's welcome it. Let's allow us to do that. So rather than so much of us reacting in a erratic way, rather than that, they can feel at peace and feel like they can be their full self. They could come out the other end of this a stronger person ready to move forward into whatever their future holds. Now, you probably hear a lot about mental health, just like I do out there in the world right now. But there is a show that I ran across that really helped me to be able to process and uh, get my thoughts together for this very broadcast, and that is The Me You Can't See. It's a show on Apple TV by Oprah and Prince Harry. They teamed up for just a wonderful series. And if you guys have Apple TV, I highly suggest that you jump over there and listen to it. There are so many different ways that we can find healing. And really, we just have to look for those ways. We have to open our eyes and then we will see what we maybe haven't seen at all. We know that just like confirmation bias, if we uh, have a certain car that we want to buy, then all of a sudden we see that car on the road. That happened to me recently. I'm like, I need a smaller car. What kind of smaller car can I get? And every smaller car that's on the road was in my vision every single time I was driving. But we need to use that type of, uh, we we need to use our mind to be able to have the important things on the very front of our mind. Because our mind sees a lot, but doesn't pay attention to everything. Our mind pays attention to what we tell it to pay attention to. So how about we walk forward and say, I'm going to pay attention to being caring about others and being loving. And I'm going to pay attention to the feelings within me. So when I'm processing negative emotions that I recognize, I recognize when I was poor at it so I can correct it and recognize in the moment so I can deal with it in a successful manner. So let's move into summer with the type of confidence knowing that we can make a difference in other people's lives. And it's coming to the end of another podcast. 
I want to let you know that next week I'm going to answer a question from one of our listeners about how to help kids have strong morals and values as you're raising them. And then we're going to launch into June where I'm going to do a month-long celebration of fatherhood. Sometimes fathers are pushed to the side and you hear about all the things that mothers do. But the truth is, is that our fathers should be exalted in such a way because fatherhood is a tough job. And I've found lots of fathers out there that are making such a big difference in the life of their children. We have interviews coming up each and every week with amazing fathers that are in completely different circumstances. You guys are going to love our June celebration. I'm just planning some cool stuff for you. So don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to check out the links down below. If you go to my website, thefocusedmindset.com, you're going to see links to things like the Big Life Journal, where you can get your kids some summer reading that matters that will teach them about resilience. My child is loving her journal. We go through it all the time. And you're going to see my new course, Conversations That Empower. This course is already making a difference in so many people's lives to walk into each and every place feeling confident about your communication skills. Like Brenda, who wrote me in an email saying thank you for the Conversations That Empower course. I finally know how to properly validate others when I'm in a conversation, and it's made a big difference. I've been able to use the skills that you teach and watch my kids open up to me in a brand new way. So thank you. Well, thank you, Brenda, for that email. And I hope many of you will hop over to thefocusedmindset.com and check it out. And if you're in need of coaching, I would love to help you. I have individual coaching, group coaching available for both you and your child. And I have openings this summer and I'm filling them right now. Sometimes we feel a little tug to do something for ourselves or for our child and we stop short. Don't do that. Reach out. Let's talk about it. I would love to help. And as you walk into the next part of whatever you're doing today, just remember that you have the boldness to make a difference, to help you and your family through any trauma that you faced. And until next time, keep in touch and take care.